Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. It's great to be with you tonight. Uh, I wanted, for those who don't know me, my name is Ryan, and I am married to Erica, one wife and two children. Who the uh, there you are, yeah, Jensen and Judah at the back. Judah, come on, there, yep. There's there's a little mighty men, the J boys that are with us. We've got a, we've got quite a crew here from NC as well. Who's from NC tonight? Great, got a couple of the the legends with us tonight, and it's great to be with you. We have been pastoring at C3NC for like six years, and then we did another stint there as well for another five years, so uh, we started pastoring when we were like teenagers, literally, and uh, we've loved the journey. So excited. I just kind of want to make a way for more worship. Is that all right? Is that going to be good? I love it. This is good. Look at this, packed house. On a Sunday night, who does that? C3 Togro does. <laughs> I love it. So, let's get in the Word, shall we? Acts 2, 42, I want to turn there. There's a few scriptures that you're going to be familiar with. But there's a few things that I believe that God's saying tonight through these verses that are going to help us to engage with His presence, right? Does that sound good? So, Acts 2, 42... It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes with the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. We've heard that passage before, and it's an incredible moment. It's the moment that every pastor prays for, all right? The expl- an explosion to happen for people to come and see and receive miracles and then for the lost to be saved and every every one of us wants that kind of moment right and believes for it but this moment was so significant for a couple of reasons but one of them is that you know it says that they had they had such a deep sense of awe now this wasn't because there was incredible miracles happening healing freedom all that sort of thing there was actually a greater miracle that was going on that they were all part of that got their attention. And the greatest miracle that's ever happened is actually and still is unity, right? Coming together. Now, just only a month earlier, there was a big, almost riot starting to happen in Jerusalem. As Jesus came in, the Pharisees and the religious people were ready, obviously, to look to any kind of opportunity to crucify Jesus, to take him to the cross. And then you had the Christians who were obviously for him, and then people all in the middle, including the Romans and, and the Greeks and those who weren't part of it, were all part of this moment in Jerusalem 
where they were ready for riot. They were ready for everyone just to kind of go at each other. And the Romans that were in rulership at that time were completely concerned about this. And that's the reason why they actually let Jesus go to be crucified, because they're like, they were actually for fear of the, turn, the city turning upside down and them having a great big sort of, you know, upheaval happening in the city. And so it says there they were, had a deep sense of awe. The, the, the reason they had that is because they were together. These people that were actually just, re, just before that ready to wring each other's necks were now sharing meals. They were selling their homes, their possessions. They were meeting together every day. There was a miracle taking place. And they were one in purpose. And the Lord, it says there, out of that, that miracles happened. And then out of that, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. God's always trying to get us to a place of unity where we would be together, one heart, one purpose, to seek him, right? Let's go back in time. We're going to go on a journey going back in time. Go back to Acts 2, another scripture that we know well. And again, think of the setting, the context of what's going here on in here in Jerusalem. It says, Acts 2.1, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like tongues or flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. And the Holy Spirit gave, as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. At the time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by all the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They ex- explained. These people are all from Galilee, and yet they hear and are speaking in their own native languages, and they understand. And it says that they were from all across the Roman Empire, all over. They'd all come on a pilgrimage, pilgrimage to the, for the festival of the Pentecost, and there, were, there they there were, and something happened. Again, they were in a deep sense of, well, what's going on? that they're all speaking the same languages. And it says here in verse 11, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs. And we can all hear the people speaking in their own languages about the wonderful things God had done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. Again, they were in complete awe of the fact that even language wasn't a barrier in this moment. They're all in a place where they're, they, yeah, they were speaking in, in their own native languages and that, that's cool. But the, the, the significant thing about it is that they're all worshipping the one God. It says it there, right? They're all worshipping God. And everyone around them, those that are watching and are looking on are going, how is this happening? Again, they were ready to kill each other. And now these guys are coming together, Jews and every kind of, person is coming together and they're worshiping God. Incredible, right? How does this happen? I mean, you and I, who's been in church for a little while? Five years or more. Come on. Yeah, there's a couple of us here. Who knows that every now and then, even in church, you don't all get along. Come on. Be honest. Somebody sits in your chair and you lose your 
Yeah, don't you? Gosh, that's my spot. I've sat there for so long. Saw it last Sunday. Somebody, and I saw the, 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 the Bible shuffle. You know where they grab the chair? The, they politely move the Bible. That's where I've sat. <laughs> it was a miracle. They're all just coming together and say, you know what? Let's put all of our differences aside and let's just be together worshipping the living God. They were lifting up the name of Jesus and there was a miracle that took place. You ready to go back a little further? John 20. This is just three days after Jesus' death. From verse 19, it says, The Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy and they saw that they had saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and he said, this is so significant. I mean, Jesus, you've got to understand, before this, the Jews were all following, the disciples even were following Jesus, believing, hey, this man Jesus, he's the king of kings. He's the leader. He's going to overthrow this Roman, our Roman oppressors. He's going to liberate us, and we're going to be victorious. It's coming. They were full of expectation. There was thousands that were following Jesus as he came into Jerusalem, and they've all got this anticipation. Here we go. Here's the moment. And there's this standoff, and then suddenly it all goes completely pear-shaped. Their expectation of what was going to happen did not happen. Suddenly, Jesus is chained. He's taken away as a prisoner, and then he's executed. And you can imagine the disciples, especially in this moment, for three days, they're going, what is going on? We saw all the miracles. There was too many to even count, the Bible says. We saw it all. We heard his messages. Where is he? What's happened? And in this moment, they've, they've actually moved to a place of fear because they've all gone to a room and they've locked the doors and they're hiding. See, sometimes we think this moment is kind of this moment where they're in this wonderful, kind of beautiful worship moment. And they're all having a wonderful Christian party, but it wasn't. They were scared. It says there they were afraid for their own lives. They were behind locked doors. They were hiding Lights out, wondering what has happened. What has happened? And just right in this moment, three days of kind of wondering, waiting for the Romans to barge through the door, the religious leaders to barge through and chain them and take them to be executed as well. They're waiting. They're in this depressed, discouraged, rejected place. And then suddenly, the Prince of Peace shows up. He says, peace be to you. And you can just imagine, I mean, right in that moment, there obviously would have been lots of gasps and, oh my goodness, it's you. This is, this is awesome. And if it, was any, if it was my sons, they'd straight up be going, what's hell like? You can, you can bet there would have been at least one of them. 
ready with questions. What happened? What, why did this all happen like it did? And what, what, was, what happened with you dying on the cross? And lots of questions. But before they can even get to that, well, they're still in this moment of questioning, wondering, fearful, anxious. Jesus says to them this, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he gives them this. He says, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. The first thing that Jesus spoke about was forgiveness. What flowed on from that is because of what he spoke there and what happened in that room. Some of the, you know, we get so focused on the tongues of fire and the Holy Spirit coming, but it happened as he breathed, he spoke something. A promise for every single one of us as believers that if we would release the forgiveness for which he gave his life to another, it would fill our vessel. That's what I've come to talk to you about tonight. Forgiveness. Can I get the band up? Forgiveness. See, we've all got offense. We all suffer rejection. We all become anxious about the future and what's going to happen. But forgiveness is always your solution. It's always your solution. Can you bet your bottom dollar at that moment, the disciples in their hearts and minds, they would have felt rejection, they would have felt fear, and they would have felt anger. And there, were, there was one group of people that more than anything that they would have wanted to really go and have a bit of a, an encounter with. And that would have been the religious leaders. Those that were trusted in the community that had led for generations. They were the ones that took Jesus to the cross, right? They would have been filled with anger. And Jesus comes to them and he says the most impossible thing. And I'm sure that was, if there was anyone that they'd need to forgive, it was those people. And Jesus goes, you know what? If you don't forgive them, the ones that took me to the cross, the ones that are, have even persecuted us the whole way, if you don't forgive them, I can't release forgiveness to you. Sometimes we think that forgiveness is something that we own. It never is. Who believes that they're forgiven? Come on. You're forgiven. You didn't deserve it, right? Not, not one single one of us deserves Christ's forgiveness, but he gave it to you. But here's the thing. He gave it to another. He gave it to that person that's offended you, rejected you, hurt you. Maybe there's someone in your world that you know that's even wanted to take your life out. Jesus is saying the same thing. That person, I died for them also. My life for theirs. We can't withhold forgiveness. It's not ours to withhold. We've got to release it. We've got to let it go. Let it go. And here's the incredible thing, and Jesus knew it. He set it up every moment, every encounter. He's like... If you and I 
would get a hold of the forgiveness that is freely offered through Jesus Christ and let it go, we would experience a moment where life (laughs) fills us and that life flows out and it can't be stopped. It cannot be stopped. And it goes on to another and another and another. That's how the Lord adds to the church, people. Don't withhold what isn't yours. Forgiveness is a gift that's been given to every single person on planet Earth. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ for all our